Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 103 of the Magic Beans podcast. My name is Cracker, and I will be your host, and I hope you're doing very well. Along the line with me today, I have just one bean, and it is Chewy. How are you doing, mate? I'm well, mate. How are you? Good, good. It's been a little while since I've been on the show. I had to try and remember what to do. I felt uh, I felt a little bit left out last week when I was listening to you boys talking about all these fancy new mechanics and things, but... Uh, it was very weird hearing mechanic, you know, uh, hear us talk about mechanics without, you know, you. And look, Stu did a good job. Uh, Stu did do a good job. He did but, very well. But, you know, Stu's not cracker, and he'll be the first to admit that. So, yeah, we don't want to typecast you, but, you know, everyone has a talent, and, and yours is reading band announcements and, uh, and mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that keeps me employed for a long time. Ben. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Wizards. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, so a few things to talk about this week, like we always do. We've got we've got a number of different topics that we want to get through. Uh, we want to have a chat about some of the more recent events that have been running, both ours and internationally. And then also we want to go through the Crimson Vow. We've got the rest of the cards previewed. And uh, there's a few that have snagged our attention, so we thought we'd spend a bit of time just having a chat about some of those ones. But before we get into all of that, Chewy, would you mind telling the people here who our wonderful sponsors are? Absolutely. Our sponsors, being the Magic Beans podcast and tournament series, are the fine folk at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They're a Facebook auction site uh, with nightly auctions, like well over 100 cards every single night go up. So it's just, it's very fun just scrolling through that. So instead of doom scrolling Twitter, how about you scroll the Josh and Pat's auction page, play some bids, pick up some bargains, and when you do win, please tell them that the beans sent you. Awesome. Thank you, mate. So, as we said, we've got got a few different things that have happened. Last weekend was uh, was the finals from our from our league. So, again, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I feel like I've just been out of things with the with the beans, mate. I wasn't involved in that one as well. But uh, you guys did a great job, big long cast, and uh, was all taken down by one of our more recent entrants on Linden running. Is it dragons? Yeah, uh, in the All Chewy finals, uh, took took out uh, K-pop fanboy on Is It Turns, and yeah, it was a really diverse top eight. Like we had eight unique decks, but as is want to happen in the uh, in the standard metagame at the moment, it was uh, it was a all blue red final. But and the game one was a bit of a non-event, but then um, yeah, uh, after that it got. Uh, got really intricate and interesting and it came down to uh, K-pop resolving a Leah and hoping to get a turn to uh, to go off with their their Aaron's Epiphany combo where they were about to chain together some number of extra turns but uh, it gave Linden a, a very slight window. There was just a sort of a crack in the window and mm-hmm. Managed to eke out the win and and take down, so found themselves the uh, the winner of the Midnight Hunt League, and more importantly, booked themselves a table uh, a seat at the Envy table, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, it's kind of a big deal, so sure is. But it was some really yeah, good, very exciting, really good, uh, really good magic played. Some really cool decks and uh, the the Discord was a buzz in the uh, the early part of last week because everyone was like standard's a bit boring at the moment you know there's modern mm-hmm. white and then there's like gruel and then there's like 
is it Dex? Is it something? Yeah, and some mono green. But there was a uh, a green white deck that you know we kind of we weren't super hyped about in uh, in our show last week. We were like, how does this you know do mm-hmm. against this deck and that deck? But it got, had some really good matchups and went really deep. And you know, a few people from the Discord were playing that, and I, I saw at least somebody spent an evening playing matches of that deck to a hundred percent record. So. Uh, pretty good. If you want to know what that deck is, join our Discord and um, jump in and, and pick up the list. But if uh, you know someone can pick up the deck on and day one pilot it to a you know undefeated record, I think it was like nine zero in matches uh, worth uh, worth doing. So pretty good. So well done to uh, all of our competitors. Uh, everybody, I think, had a good time. We had uh, had a great stream. Lots of people in chat. We gave away some some collector boosters which was pretty good mm-hmm. there were two ren and sevens open one foil one extended art so pretty gas really <laughs> yeah not not bad not bad all you have to do is join in the stream and hang out and then hey look at this i, I don't know if you off. caught much of the stream because i know you're busy house hunting but we actually mm. gave away uh, an og in australia pack for the best dad joke so i had a lot of fun with that it was good and I've got a lot of new material, so I know you are definitely looking forward to hearing all of my new, to me, dad jokes. So, yeah. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. It's great. It's great. So, congrats to Lyndon, um, and uh, looking forward to covering you at the uh, the Indy as well. So, yeah. Yeah. What else is going on? So, before we get to the Envy, there's a couple of other things that are happening. We've got another part of the Red Bull Untapped event. So... These have been running for well, a while now, actually. They've been doing, you know, pretty consistently putting these events on. And they've got another one coming up. Um, I'm sure if you kind of know a little bit about those, then it's, a, you know, it's an arena-only event. And, yeah, it's it's coming up pretty soon, which is pretty cool. Actually kicks uh, off this weekend. weekend. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, look, the timing is... Uh, pretty good actually because they've given a few different regions so there's like a mountain time and a japan time and a european time and a central western european time so there's there's a bunch of different kind of um opportunities to get in which is nice because you quite often have uh you know times like the for example the mountain time one which is obviously an american one starts at like sunday 3 a.m our time it's got 1491 players enrolled but you know, there's there's other ones where you can do it, and it's like the Japan time is starts at 12 p.m. So you know, there's there's a bunch of different options there, which is pretty good to you know let us uh, actually get in on those. So you, they're all on different weekends. You know, there's the one coming up this weekend, then they're on the 20th and the 27th, and then on the 5th of December. So they they kind of stagger them out, so they don't all run on the same weekend. But uh, yeah, if that's the sort of thing you're interested in, then you know they're free to play and they've got some good prizes so uh yeah jump on check it out awesome and um also starting this month on the 20th of november is the uh the esl second season of their magic tournament series so mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the first the uh, first series was a bit of a learning event for them and uh, i think they've ironed out a few kinks so i think they're going to uh run things much more smoothly so if you uh haven't jumped in or or if you did play in the first one then uh can recommend jumping in and uh playing in that some some local 
um, you know, Australia slash Oceania, um, you know, or tournament organization. So uh, if you build it, they will come. So get in and uh, register for that and uh, sign up. They've got uh, you know, a, a series of events. And I, I think there's like a $5,000 kitty or something. Um, so absolutely recommend signing up and, and getting involved in that. Yeah, for sure. And just looking at that one, they've currently got 13 players registered for the upcoming one on the 20th. That's a so pretty high EV. You're, yeah, I was going to say, your EV is pretty high there. I think for memory, you've got to win through a couple of different ways. So you, you win through on a Saturday and then you play again on a Sunday and then, you know, there's some some prizes or points allocated there which get you into later events. So, you know, it's a full kind of series. There's not a lot that you get from... Uh, from winning straight up, you know, you just get points to, to give you a chance to enter in later. But, um, look, you know, we, we love the fact that they're, you know, Australia, New Zealand, right. It's, it's our neck of the woods and it's just for us. And it's, it's pretty sweet to have, you know, access to this kind of thing. So jump in and and give it some support. Yeah. If the numbers are low, then they're getting better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If the numbers are low, then make sure you get in because yeah, it's a, uh, we want the, we want to get those numbers up because, you know, we want people to keep, hosting events in this region but if they are low then like i said pretty good ev mm. speaking of events yep. uh i was pretty excited i saw an email come through on the 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 beans email address uh earlier in the week you've signed us up for a thing i have yeah so we got in touch with Macherino, which um we thought was a fantastic name <laughs> yeah i i don't well, know what it is name. but sign us up That's, based on the name right <laughs> so it's it's Wizards' new um, it's it's a company that Wizards are partnered with for scheduling and running events. So we use Challenge a lot at the moment for for running all of our um, leagues, and this is now it's not going to be a replacement. It's something that we're going to look to use in conjunction with it. I don't think it's going to do exactly what Challenge does as far as letting us run the round robin side of things for our leagues, but certainly for some of the the you know historic one day events and other things where we have a a much more structured kind of um, setup, we we may look at running some of those events on there. So uh, running things on Macherino, some people may remember Crokies was going to do sort of the big first event on them for the for the actual like release weekend of Midnight Hunt, and it'll sadly fell in a big hole and the, the tournament got cancelled. Um, but I, I believe they've done a bunch of work on it since then. And, you know, it, it gives us the chance to potentially get access to, you know, being able to offer gems and some prizes directly in the arena client. So, yeah. so- we're, we're definitely going to start having a look at seeing how this can be, you know, another tool for us to use. And it's good that we're starting to get more and more options around, you know, how we want to run things. Like uh, when we started, yeah. the it- league's... 18 months ago, there was no choices. Well, we ran the first couple of events on a spreadsheet, right? So, yep. yeah, so having these tools is, is great and it, you know, ensures equity. Uh, well, I, sorry, well, maybe not more than a spreadsheet. Uh, it ensures equity. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if if this is a pathway to some sort of wizard support with, with gems and things like that, that's great. So... Uh, post Envy uh, and before Christmas, uh, we'll have a look at potentially doing like a, you know, a, a litmus test, a, an experimental uh, trial uh, with a Beans one day event. Uh, don't know any of the details, don't know any of the dates, but uh, something we're kind of just checking calendars and discussing internally and hoping to set something up 
post post envy. So watch this space, I guess. Yep, absolutely. We will have things in the upcoming events in the, you know in inside of Discord. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely make sure that everyone knows well in advance before we uh, we get things going. So, what else do we have to talk about here? What's what's next on the list? Do we want to talk about the envy? Uh, let's just wrap that up at the end. Let's get into the previous. People are here to hear our thoughts on, new cards. On, on the on the new cards, right? They want to know. They're like, I'm thinking about building this deck, and I I, I want to know what Chewie and Cracker think before I commit to my wild cards, because you know that's, that's okay. That's how. That's an. That's how. That's an outright lie. It is, but that uh, <laughs> that is an excellent piece of advice if you want to waste a bunch of wild cards. <laughs> and I don't know about you, mate, but. I'm in that wonderful position where you go, yep, plenty of uncommons, plenty of commons, got a few mythics. Uh, I've got like five rare wild cards. Uh, uh, I think that's just my default setting, uh, really. Yeah, it's and true. And I'm, I'm at the point now where I probably need to buy some gems. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't done it for about a year. So, yeah. So, arena, I've got to arena to the point now that's costing me about 50 bucks a year, which is pretty good. So Yeah, that's awesome. Get a bit of fun out of it. So... So, yeah, I thought we could just have a look at uh, well, a couple of different sort of subtopics when we talk about uh, Crimson Vow, which uh, sure. it's, a, it's a week away or does it come out tomorrow? I can't remember. No, no, it's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably live by the time people are listening to this. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, there's, there's a bunch of reprints in this set mm-hmm. and I, I haven't pulled out all of them, but uh, I thought we'd just quickly discuss... The ones that uh, kind of jump out as something that might have a bit of a an impact, or just cards that are worth knowing that they exist. Uh, and then I think we've each got a little bit of a list of cards that we think might make a little bit of a an impact on standard or or even some older formats, right? So mm-hmm. uh, now, if Polywaffle was here, I would throw to him at this point because I know he has cast this card more than any of the, well, more than the rest of us combined, really. Um, Easily. Yeah. So Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. Uh, so for those who have been, uh, who have never played modern, I guess, uh, Thal- yep. Thalia is a legendary creature, human soldier, cost one and a white, two, one, first strike, non-creature spells cost one generic mana more to cast. And she's at rare and uh, pretty cool art, a, a lot darker art than uh, previous uh, printings and I'm mm-hmm. are you noticing if you look at the art the window behind it's got the like the hands yeah it's yeah. got a bunch of zombies in the stained glass yeah it's pretty cool um it is so Thalia is, is is a very powerful card and you know sees modern play and sees playing legacy death and taxes and mm-hmm. now I don't think Thalia is going to have an enormous impact on standard as far as, you know, it's not going to make the mono white deck, you know, the outright best deck or anything. But the fact that a shell exists currently that she can slot into and there is a deck in the is it turns deck that she is good against, uh, I think... Yeah, I think she's just going to see play. I think she just slots in there as a two, maybe a three of, um, at absolute worst case sideboard. But I think the first strike 
and the the other two drop that puts Pokemon counters on stuff, whose name escapes me. Um, I I think. I think she's good enough to just main deck in in that deck and, you know, just have a three power, four power first striker. And that just taxes those spells deck and just buys you a turn or, you know, they might have to take a turn off to hit Thalia with their, you know, Thundering Rebuke, rebuke or something. Um, and she's kind of done her job at that point. So it's not like Windmill Slam, Aaron's Epiphany decks are dead, but... She's a certainly a very good card that might just move the needle back away from that that deck being you know the the outright best deck in the format. It doesn't it doesn't make the white deck the best deck, but it just just bit brings just a notch. I think brings the the epiphany deck back a notch. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's just you know the epiphany decks will just start playing for spikefield hazards, right? Like it's just the they just change their construction a little bit but they don't really have to adjust too much but that's and like a cost. I said, it's, that's a it's cost. not that's, the sort of thing that's a land it's, that comes into play tapped it's, it's a very minor cost yeah i'm not saying it's zero i'm not saying it's nothing but it's look i, I agree completely with what you're saying yes it definitely impacts but it's not like a four of it's not the panacea know, I, I to the format say. i'm not no. saying that but I, I i think it's a good card to have in the current format to keep that yeah look really happy to see it and you know this is the first time we've seen this version of Thalia printed since original Innistrad, right? Like this is her first ever reprint. So she's she's appeared in um uh, in standard that is, you know, we've in seen standard, her in yeah, um, like Modern Horizons or whatever it was previously, or you know, some of those other supplementary sets with you know different art versions. But yeah, this is her first foray back into standard, which is cool. I think it's um, but she's you know pretty pretty iconic as far as this you know plane goes. So. It's pretty cool to see her back again. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, and I think she's, um, yeah, she's going to find, there's already a home for it. I think she's just, be it mm-hmm. in small numbers or in the sideboard, that deck will uh, definitely play Thalia. Yep. Speaking of that deck, or mm. perhaps even a uh, more controlling style deck that happens to play planes, Valorous Stance is, uh, is an uncommon in this set, which is a reprint. Uh, which is one and a white for an instant, choose one, target creature gains indestructible, or destroy target creature with toughness four or greater. And you kind of look at those and you go like, oh yeah, like I might play one of those in my draft deck. But uh, this card was actually quite good in standard last time. and It was, yeah. Yeah, and we've got a lot of targets for it you know there's old growth trolls there's uh a certain dragon there's uh you know things that grow uh you know with uh with getting plus one counters on them or or equipment and and things like that so a seeker's chariots and all kinds of things exactly exactly so this card's pretty flexible and yeah i i think this is just i don't know it's going to make a huge splash but I can see me getting blown out by this card on multiple occasions. So, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. So, I, I think this is going to be a uh, going to be a, a presence in the format. Someone's going to, yeah, I'm going to target someone's a Seeker's Chariot with this, and they're going to uh, make their Seeker's Chariot indestructible by casting their own Valorous Stance, and I'm going to feel bad about it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good combat. Oh, they get a free attack. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> it's indestructible. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. no, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, it's it's the sort of thing where you play like one or two in the main and then a couple more on the board. And, uh, you know, you, you're generally pretty happy about it. It's it's flexible enough and cheap enough, right? Like yeah. the fact that it's only two mana is pretty good. I mean, is the, obviously the downside of going Thalia into this, but, you know, you like you said, you're hopefully interacting enough with your opponent that you can keep applying things with, you know, like elite spellbinders and those kinds of things instead to to pressure your opponents with creatures instead. So Yeah, actually I didn't mention that but the curve of Thalia into Elite Spellbinder is some pretty good disruption. Sure um, is. Yeah. So it's um like that's not a bad curve to have at all. Especially if you've, you know, managed to find a one drop or something, you know, you can really get the beat down happening. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you got? What's uh, what have you got in your little list? So the next here? one on the list here is Syncopate, which is a card we've seen a number of times, and it's a pretty good one to have back in standard. I like this card. It's it's blue and X, um, and it says counter target spell unless its controller pays X. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. So it's better than Jwari Disruption. I, th- I think is kind of the, you know, where, where I see it slotting in, uh, you know, it can be the same thing where it's, I mean, it's not quite a four spike, but, you know, like two mana, you know, counter target spell unless your opponent pays one and it scales with you during the game. So, you know, people are not playing things later than they should. Every Everyone is playing really on the curve these days. You have so to. You've you got don't... to get onto the board, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's it's pretty unlikely that this card is just going to sit in your hand where you go, oh, they're going to tap out for, you know, a two-mana spell on turn eight, and I've got to have, you know, six mana available to, you know, get them. It's like, no, no, no. You, you, you know, you just need two mana at any given point, and you can hit, you know, a two-drop or a six drop or something like that like you, you're pro- you're very likely to to kind of have that window so uh yeah nice little one for for the blue decks to to pick up and you know it's just the the exile effects i can't think of specifically how it's useful i mean flashback spells obviously is the the one that jumps to mind now that i say i can't think of anything but exiling spells instead of having them go to the graveyard you know has definitely got some big upside so there are a number of uh different ways that that'll be useful so yeah it's, good it's, little... it's certainly not a downside anyway so it's it's pretty good yeah yeah absolutely all right not, not going to move the needle a bunch and you know it'll just kind of go where it needs to but yeah it'll be one to you'll get caught by that one too yeah yeah absolutely i will <laughs> i, I talked uh, the other just the, the, the royal you not just <laughs> chewy specifically will get blown out no no I, I as i said a, a few episodes now i think it was episode 100 like i i am inclined to go well you've either got it or you don't right yeah make it matter so that means you know the cost of that is you get blown out every now and then so yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, another card that is, is entirely unexciting, but this is kind of the limited player in me, uh, is Doom Dissenter. And it's one and a black for a 1-1 one, one human, and when it dies, you create a 2-2 two, two black zombie token. Now, there's a, there's a sacrifice deck that exists currently. There's a zombie deck mm-hmm. that is, you know, got a lord in Midnight Hunt. And there's a bunch of blue zombies and one in particular that we'll probably talk about a bit later. Um, and, you know, this card didn't quite break into standard. I, I, and I don't know if it will. 
but it's it's I feel like it's closer than it's ever been, and yeah, honestly, I think if it's a uh, if it's ever going to break into standard, this might just be the time. I might be completely wrong. It might may do nothing, but mm-hmm. uh, the 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 tools like the card draw spell that makes a treasure when you sack something and you know other benefits from sacrificing creatures exist and and you know this gives you two bodies and therefore two triggers and it's a good defensive two drop uh if you want to do sort of black controly things as well or yeah yeah so, so you know the the presence of exploit now and also things like you know village rights and you know those kinds of things yeah yeah that's exactly some, what i'm thinking yeah yeah some some value from it means that it's a lot more than it appears as a as a one one that turns into a two two. You know, it's a, a one one that you know draws two cards or you know whatever it does. So there's definitely some some shells that I can see this one slotting into. Yeah, whether it's like actually good enough, I don't know. Dedicated, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. So, but the good thing about this one is if you decide to pick them up, they are in the commons. So exactly right. <laughs> just yeah. draft them. Yeah, um. yeah, and, and like solid draft deck. If you're if you're playing a you know, blue black control strategy in draft, like a, a two just drop anything. that just, blocks yeah, twice. Two drop that, yeah. yeah it's yeah, pretty good. For sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of so, good cards in draft. Yeah. Speaking of just good cards in general, we've got a, a downshifted card here, mate, in Heroes Downfall. Yeah. So Heroes Downfall is Heroes Downshift. One black yeah. black. Heroes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're shorty soundboard. Actually, yeah. that, that wasn't too bad. Okay. Uh, Heroes Downfall is uh, one black 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 for an instant it says destroy target creature or planeswalker and it's an uncommon so last time we saw this was we saw it in original theros yep and we saw right. a version of this more recently that cost you some life but it could also come back as a two three body um yes in the uh murderous rider murderous rider yeah but mm-hmm. um this is just like a solid removal spell i i it was a really really powerful card uh, in original Theros, but mm-hmm. there were some pretty good planeswalkers running around at that time. Yeah, there was like six mana Elspeth and a bunch of other stuff, so you were really trading on mana pretty well there. Yeah. But, I mean, if if my opponent casts a, you know, Lolth or a, you know, a Ren and Seven and I, I have a Hero's Downfall in hand, I'm not sad about the exchange. You know, obviously you don't get to stop them from, you know, making some spiders or, you know, a tree folk token or what have you. But, uh it's still a pretty clean exchange as far as the matter. So that's, um, that's yeah. not a bad spot to be. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree and I kind of disagree. Like, if I kill their uh, Ren and Seven, but they've still got like a 5-5 five, five token, I feel pretty bad. I, I can see more situations where I would destroy the Tree Folk and then attack <laughs> the, uh, the Planeswalker down. But, yeah, I, I think this is... At, as the format stands right now, like on the day that Crimson Vow goes live, I don't know if this has a real home, but as the format evolves and particularly, you know, in a year's time or whenever we, whenever it is that we see some sort of rotation, I can see this definitely becoming more prevalent and, and more powerful. But right now, you know, my black base control decks are not going to play four of these when there's things like, you know, there's two meta. Um, but there is no black base control deck at the moment. And I think that's really interesting. I was listening to another podcast and they were like, black is basically absent from the format. And I went, no, it's not. 
Yes, it is. Yeah. Like, if, if you stop and think about it, black as a... Like, there's no mono black control. It is... It is a slight supporting color, but it is not. There was, wasn't a, there two copies of uh, blue black control in the top eight of the SCG event the other week, though? I, like, I think a deck exists. I just don't think it's overly popular. But I think, you know, when people are trying to just go, is it turns constantly? Um, sure. You know, counter spells yeah, and discard. But does this this card doesn't quite fit into that in the main deck, at least, either. So. Oh, I think it does. I mean, you're not trying to beat is it spells with this, but there's so many like powerful creatures running around that you just need it as like just a clean, you know. Yeah, it's a good card. Answer. It's a good card. My my concern is it just you know it doesn't it doesn't have a home that just like where it's just yeah, an cr- obvious. I, I, I agree. Yeah, because there's no good black control deck at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but but I think there is. That's what I'm saying. Like it put two copies into the top eight of the SCG event, so. Uh, but I just don't think it's. I think it's good. I don't think that deck is popular though, which is yeah. I guess that means that it doesn't exist because it's not popular. Um, kind, it, kind of. Yeah, yeah. If we're looking at it through that lens, so maybe maybe play blue back control and uh, jump into a Discord and let us know how you how you go with it. So yeah. And the good thing about this one only costs you uncommon wildcards, not rares like it was. So uh, yeah, I, I, that's I, I really like that. As a, as a downshift, I think that's actually pretty good. Speaking of downshift, what about yeah. what about just spending a comet on a braid? Yeah, a braid. Yeah. Unsold on the art. I think the art looks like it could be good, but don't like the background there. I, I like the concept, don't like the execution. But uh, a braid is one in a red instant, choose one, uh, three damage target creature or destroy target artifact. Now, this is a card that has definitely got some targets and... The is it decks uh, that don't play the dragons uh, are going to want this, right? The is it turns decks because it, you know, it kills a uh, a three three werewolf and it kills mm-hmm. a chariot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're if you're playing the scorching dragon's fire uh, without the without goldspan dragon in your deck, then I think a braid is just an up an upgrade. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think this is just a, a, you know, a really good card to have, you know, in, in sideboards of red decks and, and such. Is a braid in Historic already? Yes, it was in Amonkhet Remastered. Uh, yeah, it is too. Yep, yeah, okay. Uh, now Legally in Pauper, interestingly, as well. Oh, um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So, it's a... Uh, just a, a really versatile, really powerful card that sees play in you know modern sideboards. So, uh, and it's got good targets. And later on, maybe in the first part of next year, we get the Brothers War, mm-hmm. and I'm anticipating a whole bunch of artifacts. So there this is a nice, many. yeah. So this is a nice plant ahead of that. So if you if you pick them up now. You know, you're gonna you know spend one of your infinite common wild cards or four of your infinite common wild cards, and you're gonna get some use out of this. Blowing up chariots now, and then blowing up whatever you know Urza and Mishra throw around, uh, you know, in in five or six months' time. So, yeah, good card, good card. Happy to have this one reprinted. Wouldn't be sad if this was the sort of thing that was just a regular uh, presence in standard. Honestly, yeah, so. it's a pretty good card to just to have. 
Yeah, it's pretty like much it. perma legal. Yeah. Yeah, and the last reprint that I wanted to talk about is Mulch, mm-hmm. and uh, so this card dates back to like Stronghold, I think, or even further potentially. It, it does, yeah. Yeah, so it's been around for a little while. Mulch is reveal the top four cards of your library, put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. So I like the idea of putting things into my graveyard at various points. I don't know if you've ever, you know, how, how much experience have you had with that, Cracker? A little? A little? Mm, not much. Not much. Not much. Um, but yeah, this is just a, I- a, <laughs> a, good, a good card. Um it, it finds your lands. It puts key key pieces into your graveyard to do shenanigans, and um, you know finding land drops along the way to progress your uh, to progress your game plan, both in land drops and uh, graveyard fuel. So, I think that's pretty good. And you know, I don't know if it has a home, in, you know, in a in a deck in standard, but this is kind of just one of those ones that's just good to know that it exists because. You know, future sets, if we get some synergies with that sort of thing. And, you know, the new Olivia reanimates a thing. Um, so there's, you know, th- th- just a little germ of an idea there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like there's the tools for like a Golgari self-mill deck, but I just don't know what it is yet. And, and I don't know that there's the payoffs there for it is the problem. So like, if you look, there's actually a fair bit of, like green and black, you know, when, you know, there's some creature synergies there where they, you know, you can come, things come back from the graveyard and then, you know, there's things that, yeah, it's just, there's a few things here and there, but it just, wizards are pretty careful these days about not enabling broken graveyard synergies because, well, they're broken. You can get well, away with some pretty yeah. ridiculous things. And so they're pretty careful about making sure that, you know, those strategies are not super powerful. So, but but there is some synergies, and this yeah, is a sure. pretty good segue no, yeah. to talk about your one of the cards on your list here. Sure. Uh, so what if I'm grabbing a land mm-hmm. to cast my reanimate spell off mulch? Uh, what do I want to find on the top of my deck to be able to put in my graveyard? So one of the ones what that I I like to look off in this set is called Hullbreaker Horror. It is seven mana, so it's five blue blue. It is a rare. It's a seven eight. It's a creature. It's a kraken horror. It looks like a lobster with ten arms or something. It's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it needs a lot of garlic and butter. That's oh, all I can say. Yum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it it also says flash. This spell can't be counted. Whenever you cast a spell, choose up to one. Return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. So there's a card called Tide Spout Tyrant, um, which is this. This draws a lot of similarities too. Tide Spout Tyrant is is actually like a. I'm pretty sure it's like a six mana five five. But you you would sometimes play it in the sideboard of um, Legacy Reanimator, and you use it for bouncing people's lands mostly, which is pretty filthy because every instant or sorcery that you cast any spell. Uh, can just bounce a permanent is what it said. Like, and you could bounce your own permanents as well. So it was like target permanent to its owner's hand. So the cool thing about the whole breaker horror is that it's actually got return target spell you don't control. So that is effectively counter spell, right? It's just someone casts a spell. You're like, nope, back in your hand, away you go. So you you don't even have to have, you know, 
syncopate. Or you can have syncopate and no extra money. You've just got a single blue and you just get to like put it back in the hand and then attack them with a seven eight. So what what I like about this is if you've got say in a braid mm-hmm. or a, a hero's downfall and they go to cast a you know a ren and seven or you know something something big you go okay uh, in response i'm going to kill your other thing mm-hmm. and that is going to bounce the thing that you know kill the thing that's on board and that's going to bounce the thing that's on the stack yep right it's pretty um, great so yeah it's and and then <laughs> then you've got a seven eight right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's going to go a fair way to to winning the game. I, I think this card's great, and like it's if Tide Spout Tyrant's out there in the in the ocean somewhere, and it's got a got a pet, it, it, it's probably <laughs> this thing. Yeah, uh, and just like uh, you know, Master Splinter learning uh, from from his master the the art of jujitsu, mm-hmm. Old Ragahor is doing a pretty good mimicking job of uh, of doing tides about tyrant things. So And you can bounce yeah, I, it I, back to your own hand is an important thing. So there is like a form of protection because it says return target non land permanent to its owner's hand. So the first one is you, you can't loop your own spells. So you can't do I guess they're trying to prevent you doing stupid multiple fork things. Right, oh, well, you like can, in, in theory, if, you if could it was, galvanic iteration and then cast your epiphany and then bounce your iteration and still get the copy trigger and have two copies of epiphany and yeah, all, all that. Uh, and you could also just play one mox in vintage and have infinite mana. So, sure. you know, whenever you, yeah, whenever you cast a spell, oh no, no, it doesn't no, no, from you, that. You, it's not when it's, but yeah. So, but you, you can, you know, it doesn't have hexproof or anything like too. that, which you would quite often see in, um, you know, like a blue control finishes, which is probably the shell that this is sort of thought for. And honestly, I, I don't know if this is going to see any play. It, it it tickles my fancy as being an option here for some reanimation Flash stuff. Flash can't be counted. I, I would play one copy of this in my sideboard if I'm playing a control deck. Yeah. yeah I uh, so. for, for the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's fine because, you know, the game's going to go long. You're going to hit seven mana. And if you've got this plus, you know, uh, some sort of instant speed interaction, um, you know, you can bounce it. You can... Um, you know, you might counter their spell and bounce their planeswalker or something like that. Like, I, I think this is definitely a, a sticky enough and big enough and difficult enough threat to deal with to um, to warrant a sideboard slot. And like things like Nezahal and, and things like that have found their way into blue sideboards mm-hmm. in, in standard, um, you know, in recent years. So I, I think that's where it'll live. And then. Yeah, if there's a reanimate or some sort of, you know, tricker giant thing into play in, you know, historical pioneer, um, maybe not modern because you've got, you know, Grizzlebrand and yeah. friends. It's, it's a probably doesn't compete with those. But uh, in in the sort of more recent non-rotating formats, I, I think it's a, uh, yeah, definitely one worthy of consideration. Definitely. So what about yourself? a way to discard it, actually. Um, I just uh, just just figured out this synergy in my mind is um, thirst for discovery. So the thirst um, series, it's not a cycle because they're over different sets, but you know, thirst for knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, compulsive research, uh, thirst for meaning, mm-hmm. uh, all kind of similar effects. So uh, it is uh, this one is two and a blue for an instant. 
at uncommon, draw three cards, then discard two cards unless you discard a basic land card. So we've seen ones with that, are, you know, artifact enchantments or a land card in the sorcery version of compulsive research, which is kind of adjacent to this, even though it's a sorcery. And they're cards that, you know, uh, Thirst for Knowledge saw a bunch of play. Thirst for Meaning saw a little bit of play. Uh, compulsive Research saw a lot, a lot, a lot of play. But this card seems pretty good. Like, blue decks are very good right now. Card advantage in in the blue mirror is is great. This is a, a, a cheap spell to cast on turn, you know, six or seven and then let you you know cast more spells it, it finds answers uh it, it hits you know hits your land drops that sort of thing so um i, I think this card is, is good if it has a home i will i will draft this i will draft this a lot like in in limited this thing's amazing because you're, you're playing high land counts you're going to place um you know some some something like 16 18 land in your uh in your limited deck so, you know, in the late game, you know, on turn three, great, smooths out your draw, um, that sort of thing, it's fine. But these cards aren't really designed to play on curve unless you're trying to put, you know, something big into the graveyard and then reanimate mm-hmm. it on, on turn four. But, yeah, these these are pretty good. Um, you've played a bunch of Delver mm-hmm. and, and, and that sort of fish-style deck maybe as a one or two of in a deck like that do you think just as a way to filter away lands and it'd be, get, it'd just be, get more spells? be worth a look for sure because mm. you know like memory deluge is pretty great but sometimes the format can be hard to get to so yeah it'd be worth yep. looking at uh, look I, I still don't think that delver got a lot from this i just you know i just don't think it's actually like the right thing to be doing. You're kind of not disruptive enough or uh, fast enough, but uh, who, who knows? Maybe there's maybe there's some options there. I was about to say, oh, maybe you could play like Blue White Devil with Thalia, and I just realised that's like the worst idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, don't try and do that, people. Nombo. That is a is definitely that, right? a Nombo. Yeah. Turn, yep, turn yeah. one Delver. <laughs> turn that's two it. Thalia, flip my Delver. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so and, but anyway, so... This 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 card is like uh, unassuming, but yes, um, a, a good a good card to just be aware of when you when you're building your decks. Yeah, um, it, it's either velocity or you know unfair. Yeah, exactly right, exactly. Um, so we talked about Doom Center in our reprints. We did uh, there, and we alluded to one of the cards on your list here, which has a bit of a a bit of a synergy to it, right? It does. It in fact. If we cast our minds back to to episode one hundred, we talked about what our what our invitational card would be, or if or if we won worlds, and and mine was, I mean, a stretch, but it, it far was, off this. was pretty close to this. So this is a overcharged amalgam. It is two blue blue for a zombie horror. It is a three three with flash flying and exploit. Uh, exploit is when this creature enters the battlefield you may sacrifice a creature, which includes itself. Uh, yep. And it says, when overcharged amalgam exploits a creature, counter target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. So, at worst case, this is formatter sack itself counter target spell, which is, you know, 
fine. Or end of turn, make a 3-3 flyer to attack you. Correct. Uh, is also that, that, so those two options like, are its floor. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But there's two options there, which tells me that this card's pretty gas. Well, I mean... Because right? even at its yeah. worst, it's got flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it just, it does a lot. You know, it'll be one of those things where you won't be able to think of everything that it does until you see it either done to you or you, you're like, oh, wait, I can counter this Planeswalker activated ability. Cool. This this is the kind of card that makes me miss in paper events because it would be like middle of the round, like end of the round, in between round stuff, and it'd be like, oh, how'd you go? And it was like, oh, dude, I just won the game in the coolest way. Mm-hmm. I... I had this overcharged amalgam and this was a situation and I did it and I did this and it was a complete blowout and it was awesome. And people would be like, oh, sweet, didn't realize I could do that. Or probably more realistically be like, oh, my opponent had overcharged amalgam and they did this thing and I wasn't sure and I called a judge and they were right and I died. Uh, But (laughs) uh, (laughs) that's probably more realistic. But this card does so much in – it's never dead. That's the thing. Like it – there is, n- I cannot, so I guess this card is so good in so many situations. I, I'm trying to think of a time where it's bad and I can't. No. Like a f- four mana counter spell in standard, fine. Four mana, three, three flyer. There are times where you need that because, you know, you flash it in, in the control mirror and you just try to just beat them down. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this card's, definitely on my short list of best cards in the set yeah it's it's definitely it, it's a wrinkle right this this one actually moves the needle a fair bit and look there's a pretty good argument that blue decks didn't need a lot of help at the moment you won't hear me ever make that argument but um <laughs> other people have been known to say that you know blue decks don't need need any assistance but look this is um yeah, this is super versatile. And if you look at the the other cards that we've been talking about so far, it's like Hero's Downfall, Abraid, Valorous Stance. You know, it's these modal cards that really make them just more than the sum of their parts. And this this is definitely the, the case for this one. So if you've got, you know, like a zombie... And, and look, I hope that there's a blue-black zombie deck that comes out of this. It feels like we're pretty close now. It feels like we might have hit critical mass. And it'll take someone cleverer than me to build that deck. But if there is a, a zombie deck, then this is definitely like the top end of it. And, you know, you, you're just you're getting your doom to center and, you know, killing a 1-1 one, one or, you you know, getting a 2-2 two, two and a 3-3 three, three yeah. or, you know, you, you're getting rid of your decayed tokens before they actually die at end of turn and all that sort of stuff. So there's, I think that there's enough stuff that's lying around there that's just kind of value that you'll be able to make this one work pretty much anywhere. Well, a card that I think would fit really well into that uh, that that zombie deck that you were just talking about is uh, Phil Stinger, which is two and a black for a three-two zombie scorpion. Uh, it has Death Touch, and it has Exploit. Mm-hmm. So, yep, we we talked about that. Uh, when it exploits a creature, target player draws two cards and loses two life. So. You can doom to center on two, mm-hmm. um, or, um, but yeah, like a three-two death touch. You know, it, I think I'd rather a two-three honestly with death touch and and have that extra point of toughness. But I'm not upset about this. But I think it attacks really well. Um, 
you know, it's going to trade up a lot of the time and you're going to be up on cards. And if you can sacrifice your, um, oh my goodness, I'm terrible at remembering card names. What's the one one that uh, when it dies, it gives you I a twitch. minus one? Or you oh, make a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, I Twitch as well. Yeah, absolutely. So there's good fodder. Yep. There's really good fodder. Um, Shambling Ghost? So, Shambling Ghost, yeah. So as the games go on, mm-hmm. those cards, you know, just become kind of worse and worse and you want to just sacrifice them to you know draw cards and make a treasure off the um uh, the the black card draw spell and again oh my gosh cannot remember card names tonight uh, or fell stinger you know just extra card draw in those decks and this one comes with a really really relevant body as well and just might you know like you said critical mass and this goes a long way uh to to doing that and Sweet art, by the way, as well. It's pretty great. So, so why do I actually, feel the like art in this set is just awesome? Why, why do I feel like this one comes with a, a personal challenge to you of being able to exploit, target your opponent, kill them with a sign in blood? I know I you've did done that. that. Win an <laughs> I know, yeah, I know you have. <laughs> I've done that multiple times, actually. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm down for it. Uh, in, I will... in limited. <laughs> I. I, I... <laughs> I'll, I'll try and do it on stream. That's going to be my challenge. All right. All right. So I, uh, I'm, I'm going to put myself in awful decisions, make incorrect plays just to leave my opponent <laughs> yep, on two. Yep. Perfect. Just so I can do this. And then or... they're going to overcharge the amalgam yep. and I'm going to die. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, uh, I think this card's pretty good. Uh, I will first pick this in, in, in draft, like without even really looking at the rest of the pack, I think. Mm-hmm. Like I think this is in limited. This thing's a powerhouse, and I, I think the uh, the sacrifice based strategies that already exist will adopt this really easily and, and take that into uh, you know into some number in their um, in those lists as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, all right. So the next card I've got to chat about. Olivia Crimson Bride. Can't talk about a set about a wedding for Olivia without talking about the the bride herself. Uh, and she is for... We already bo- talked about a bride. Oh, a braid. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so, Olivia, what does Olivia do? Yeah, she's for black and red for a legendary creature vampire noble. She is a 3-4 with flying and haste. It says... Whenever Olivia Crimson Bride attacks, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains when you don't control a legendary vampire, exile this creature. So if you want to cheat a overcharged amalgam in for one man or less, here's how you do it. Uh, <laughs> look, yeah. I don't know about the stat line on Olivia and I don't know whether we've got anything busted enough. That we're buying back is the problem. So it's a really powerful effect. It really is, and it can come out of nowhere. She has haste, right? She does. Yeah, flying in haste. Yeah. So, and it's repeatable. I guess that's the other thing. Like, if she goes unchecked, if if you get a couple of you know, you're pretty much set. But when she dies, or if you don't, and it's not actually just. When Olivia dies, it's if you don't control a legendary vampire. So if you've got something else in play, you know, uh, Anjay or Anye or however you pronounce that one, you know, there's a couple of others kicking around in, in these colors. 
that um you know will let you keep those creatures around but otherwise you know when you've got no more legendary vamps everything is gone so rules question if i go back into historic and i'm trying to do reanimating things mm-hmm. drake says doesn't trigger because it's already attacking correct Mm, okay that's disappointing yeah you you do miss the attack triggers because it's tapped and attacking yeah okay so it's really powerful yeah like you said i I don't know if it's quite there like it's a bit too expensive yeah it's a bit small of a body yep and it might not have the targets for um uh for things worthy of reanimating but at, at the very least something worth keeping an eye on and you know whether there's other reanimation spells and, and things like that and maybe you know if if there's a red black vampires deck you know, maybe you just want it as a one-off just as a big finisher and you know you can you know bring in something enormous just, or, fire, or just use it something. as a fireball kind of thing just to like bring back a yeah. lord or something like that and and get in those last few points maybe yeah. i think i think you want to just be lower on the curve with the vampires deck honestly yeah probably. and look they've been pretty careful with this one and and it shows you know like that yeah everything is just turned down a little bit from where you know you would want it to be as like a busted card but they've clearly made this not a busted card from so far at, at the moment i think which is which is fine you know that's okay yeah um something that I guess maybe would get played in that deck or it's probably useful against it is uh, there's an upgrade here, which uh, flame blessed bolt, which Mm -hmm. is one red for an instant. It's a, an upgrade to the magma spray Mm -hmm. that uh, gets played in uh, historic and sometimes even makes its way into uh, modern. Um, So flame blessed bolt deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. Uh, if, if that creature plays Walker would die this turn, exile it instead. So uh, it, it hits more stuff than Magma Spray, uh, but basically does the same thing outside of that. So very close to a reprint, but just that little bit of flexibility. So the Planeswalker thing, you know, not super relevant most of the time, uh, although Blood on the Snow exists. Uh, so, you know, uh, the Lolth, the Green Black or Mono Black, decks that you, mm-hmm. you know, tend to run into on ladder that you know have lolf at the and blood in the snow at and the professor onyx era. as well is usually kicking around in those decks yeah exactly so it's a, a you know for a red aggressive deck it's a, a nice uh nice sort of uh boon for for that so not again you know unassuming not overly exciting decent limited card uh you know because it's a shock but uh you know, just be 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 aware of this one when you're putting your sideboards together if you've got mountains in your deck because, yeah, this could definitely uh, have a home uh, in, in that. So a bit of a role player. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. Um, maybe it gets played with uh, Chandra Dressed to Kill, who's a one and a one and two red for a, uh, a Planeswalker that... Uh, won't get too much into it, but she upticks to uh, hit uh, to deal one damage and uh, out of red. Mm-hmm. So you can play her on turn three uh, and potentially kill two of their creatures. So or a three three uh, with um, 
with flame bless bolt plus Chandra's ability. So you know that that's those sort of things exist, and yeah, I don't I don't mind it. So good card to have around. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's I don't know if you guys talked about it last time. I don't think we'd seen all of them. There's a cycle of mythics, which is the the cemetery um cycle i guess yeah, is probably like the one way. in each color right there yeah. is there is i i don't know if any of them are any good the green one's probably the best one it's uh one green green for a three four wolf with vigilance and when it etbs or attacks exile a card from a graveyard and then spells you cast cost one less for each card type they share with cards exiled with cemetery prowler so, you know, we're talking about, you know, flashback spells or, you know, like reanimating creatures. So it enters the battlefield, has an immediate effect. You get to exile something and then like your creature next turn costs one generic less. So it doesn't stack. You can't like exile two creatures and get a discount of, you know, uh, two further creatures. You know, that doesn't work like that. But if you had, you know, like an artifact creature, for example, we're talking about the Brothers War coming up, you, you know, you'd exile an artifact or a creature or... You know, if you hit an artifact creature, then, you know, you get discounts on both of those. So definitely some some things there to, to look out for. Yeah, I, I think these... But they're all... I don't know why they're, they're mythics. Yeah, I... I they don't I, feel I don't think mythic. they need to be. Kind, kind um, of like the, um, the last cycle as well, which I've gone blank on. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the ones that you can... When they come into play, you can pay the extra amount yep. and they do a yep. thing. Yeah. So... I, I think these are all good cards and maybe maybe they'll shift it to mythic because they'd all be pretty busted in limited maybe I'm not sure but um like the red one is is pretty good like it's a you know one and a red two one with first strike mm-hmm. has the exile thing from the graveyard clause and you know when a player cast uh, plays a land or casts a spell if she has a card type it does two damage to that player. Ankh of Mishra, Zozu the Punisher. Zozu, yeah. Yeah, right. So I, I, this card is pretty good, but there's no evolving wilds. Oh, sorry. There's evolving wilds, but there's no other sort of you know, fetch land mm-hmm. type things in um, in standard at the moment. So, you know, unless people are doing some like mill stuff or you're backing it up with some, you know, mind rot effects where people might discard a land. Uh, and so, yeah, a really powerful effect. Perhaps not right there at the moment. And the blue one's all right. Like, there's some good spirits. Yeah, they're, they're all kind of medium, I think, is probably... Yeah, yeah. Like, none of them are like, I'm building a deck around this. No. But they... Um, I think they might all... Maybe sideboard play. I don't know. But, yeah. Yep. Like, almost. Almost. Anyway, yeah. Uh, there's, uh, they're worthy of note. Yeah, look, obviously there's... There's a lot of cards. I think that this set is going to have a pretty good, pretty good shakeup. Actually, I think it's going to move things around a bit. The I think the best card in the set is Stormcarved Coast, which is the blue red jewel land, because you know, is it needed better <laughs> mana? <laughs> yeah, I. That, I, 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 I like that they have finished this cycle. Immediately, yeah. I think these are yeah. like really good dual lands to have, and uh, they're, they're a really good standard power level. I, I think I, I think they're they're good, and having the cycle of them mm-hmm. is is great. Um, I don't know how good the blue red one actually is. I mean, it's honestly. a lot better than a snarl. 
yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. You're not doing too much on turn one anyway. So, yeah, in in the sort of mid-range of controller decks, they're, they're pretty good. You know, the red-white one, if you're trying to be aggressive. Yeah, like, I mean, I just don't... I think they're good in, in pretty much... If you have those colours, you'll just be playing a number of these because, the, the you know... In, in the Gruel deck uh, that... Um, you know, I've been playing a bunch of mm-hmm. with some success is um, I'm playing two. Only. Sure. Right. So, and like Depraz in at, at Worlds with his blue splash was playing like zero sure. of the, the red green one. Cause you've got, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a balance. Uh, but I, like two feels good in that deck. Maybe the blue red deck wants more because I haven't seen a blue red deck that's playing a full complement of like a full playset of the snarls. So no, that's it's just a straight rep- <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but even if these are only a you know a three of with the yeah. you know the double face cards and things like that, that, it is it is an improvement absolutely for sure. But yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. So let us know what you have got in mind. Let us know what you're brewing. What what you know kind of tickles your fancy. We've you know we've been seeing people talking about things for for a while in the the new set preview kind of discussion channel which is always great to see kind of people's takes on on cards as they get released but now you've got the whole thing there's some context i expect there'll be a lot of folks jamming arena on all the various streaming platforms and things so you know over the next few days let let others spend their wild cards first is definitely if only we had the early access event <sighs> i remember those they were fun no fun to, to bait people into spending wild cards on decks that were not good. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't forgiven you, Matt Nass. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I guess what what do you see? Do we think that like Epiphany has still the best top end out of anything, right? I think that's kind of just undisputable. As as far as like the going biggest. It, it has the best late game. It's out undisputable of because Mystic Dispute rotated, mate. But correct. Um, it's a yeah. I think it's the best going, but you know, there's more werewolves. I'm not saying it's the set. best deck. I'm just saying, as far as like, if it's you want to categorize yeah. things, like I think it's the yeah. look. There's a pretty strong argument to say that like either is it Dragons or is it Epiphany or however you want to, you know, distinguish like Epiphany those. Epiphany X, right? Yeah. 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 That that's kind of the best mid range control um, strategy. White the white aggressive deck uh, gets points to battle that. Mm-hmm. There's more. Um, there's another you know mythic dragon. There's more um, werewolves. So you know there may be some improvements to to the the tribal decks. Mm-hmm. We- Vampires is a completely unknown quantity. I haven't really started brewing on that. It might be just hot garbage, but there might actually be a viable uh, red-black vampire uh, aggressive deck, you know, like aggro disruption. The sacrifice decks have got a a few new tools as well, and and they can be disruptive with, um, you know, hand disruption and such. We might see some new combos with, uh, you know, some reanimation shenanigans. And, you know, if, I, if I've if i gone into the uh, into the the depths of uh, of standard to try to uh, make something with 
the horror, the whole breaker horror. And, you know, I can see times where someone's going to try to cast an epiphany. I'll be like, ah, return that to your hand. You know, bash for seven. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, I I don't think it's going to be a massive shake-up. As in, like, what used to be the best deck is no longer the best deck. But I think it creates a lot more diversity, this set. So there's enough powerful cards that will spawn some new archetypes, that will bring new archetypes to, you know, higher in the tier list Mm -hmm. than what they have been. But also some new toys and some, some bumps... Uh, in as in bumps in power for um for the existing staples as well. So yeah, it's it's tricky because you know like you, you you're right. It, it, it there's kind of a good spread across you know like a, a number of the different decks. But also if if you want to view like the is it decks as like the boogeyman of the format, then they picked up a bunch of tools as well. You know like syncopate and you know a braid and some better mana and you know like there's a few different things there that just kind of bolster that kind of um archetype as well so i i think look standards yeah standards getting bigger again yeah you know and we're gonna see the power level increasing like we always do like this is just a thing this this is a pretty good set as far as power level i feel nothing's like immediately i'm pretty stoked i pre-ordered a a set yeah uh, a, a box actually yeah Pretty stoked with that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely so, some some really good cards in there. So, I uh, be interesting to see. I'm certainly like, it feels like there's enough here to make it kind of fun to to dig into again. So I'm looking forward to that. Yo, get the uh, get the juices flowing, mate. That's awesome. So, uh, I I I enjoy standards like that where you know things aren't solved right away. You know, you can kind of get things up and running, but. Yeah, it's uh Or they're clearly defined what, enough that you can target them. I think that's the other thing. Like absolutely. if if you go yeah. Epiphany is the single best deck, I'm not again, I'm not saying that's what it is, but if if that's the case, then it gives you the tools to go, all right, well what how do I beat that? What is the metagame choice to to get under that or to to interact with that? And I think we're kind of getting there as far as the tools now to let us, you know, have some more choices there without necessarily you know being pigeoned into having to play blue. What's that? Our Envy is in a couple of weeks. Sure is. And all of our... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all of our Envy players are going to be like hardcore brewing and it's going to be a lot of fun to, uh, you know, have those conversations with them and, uh, you know, maybe help them play test or or whatever, Um, you know, just uh, help them... uh, you know, brew those decks where they think they might be able to uh, take down the uh, the twenty twenty one invitational. So, new standard. If, yeah, it's it's a shame it's not closer. Because remember when Pro Tours came out like two weeks after the set yeah. was released yep. and everything was you know shiny and new. It feels like a little bit like that where we've got you know our best players from across the year mm-hmm. all all brewing and, and they're going to battle off against each I other mean, with the new cards. Really, so, we are only a couple exciting. of weeks out. It's it actually is only it's the twenty seventh, right? Yeah, it is only two weeks. So it's, oh, we're so doing it. Two weeks, we're doing it. Who pro- needs pro tours when you got the magic beans? Let's Come on, go. people, let's go. Yeah, and look, the prize pool isn't quite PT level, but mate, <laughs> every time Shorty puts something in our chat, it's like, oh, we've got some more stuff for the prizes, and it's just like we're we're well over like three grand worth of you know total prizes for this 
event, which is pretty insane. And it is crazy and like free to enter, right? Yeah. And and for our Envy competitors, they've already gotten value throughout the year mm-hmm. um, because they've, they've done consistently well and would have picked up some prizes. Um, maybe what we can do is for the, for Envy coverage and we can see how much they've earned from us over the maybe I'll, maybe J Mud and I yeah, will okay. we'll go back and, and that's, I like that yeah, idea. It's, yeah, that's not bad. Um, so yeah, then. Uh, they're gonna be yeah, pretty high EV. So there's 12 players mm-hmm. uh, in two weeks' time. We'll stream it. It's gonna be huge, and uh, yeah, three grand worth of prizes. And Shorty did get a delivery from our sponsor, Josh and Pat MTG Bazaar today. Mm-hmm. And there is some epic stuff to to give away on stream. So you can come and uh, watch us do coverage of the Envy new standard. Uh, the best players from uh, from the year that was from the, all of the Beans events. So uh, if the league finals or even just the groups of death that we've had along the way are any indication that we're going to see some pretty highbrow magic and uh, all you need to do is just tune in, watch that and just get free stuff because we're just going to give away a bunch of stuff like, and I'm talking like collector booster level stuff mm-hmm. um, on stream. So yeah, come uh, out. it's absolutely amazing. So it's the 27th of November. Um, it's a Saturday. It'll probably start about 10 a.m. But yeah, keep an eye on our socials and our discord, uh, which there'll be a link to the discord in the show notes. Uh, if, uh, if you're hearing this for the first time and you want in, so yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, very, very cool. Really looking forward to that one, for sure. I think that's going to do it for this week. Just the the usual kind of things. If you want to support us directly, you know, we have a merch store. You can go and buy some sweet playmats or mugs or hoodies, all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, you can find us directly everywhere. We're Magic Beans Cast, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. Um, we're, we're kind of... You know, we're trying to build a bit of a presence out there. We're, we're not great at that, but <laughs> it's, it's on the list of things to get better at. So, you know, give us a kick and, and come, you know, give us some, give us a follow and, you know, that'll help us try and engage with you in as many different ways as we can. Otherwise, if you would like to chat with me directly, best place is Discord. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Joel Hill underscore and Chewy, you are... At Chewy MTG. Send us your lists and we will drool over them with you and we'll talk to you very soon. Cheers, everyone.